This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Ron Nicoletti, part of the Gulfstream Park's in-house broadcasting team, joins us again today. And, of course, it's a very special day at the Florida Racetrack with the running of the $3 million Pegasus World Cup. Ron will be joining us soon to talk about the Pegasus stakes, but also break down the stellar undercard today at Gulfstream Park. Woodbine trainer Katerina Vasilieva, also a friend of the show, will be joining us. Katerina's horse, Roaring Forties, was victorious in last week's Sunshine Turf Stakes at Gulfstream, which was actually the horse's first start against fellow Floridian breeds. The win put Roaring Forties over $280,000 in lifetime earnings. The horse actually ended up in Katerina's barn last year when another Woodbine trainer, Danny Vela, decided to cut back his racing stable. Katerina, to date, has trained the winners of over $3 million and will join us shortly to discuss the stakes win last week by Roaring Forties and also a look at some of her other horses that we will see later this year at Woodbine. In addition, we are in the final stages, the home stretch of our online silent auction, all in support of Lymphoma Canada. Joining us today to help support the cause is Sarah Isinga, Lymphoma Canada's Manager of Patient Programs, Research and Advocacy. We will talk about the silent auction with her and the other good work that Lymphoma Canada continues to do day in and day out. And finally, he's back. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a fabulous show, a great show, a show you don't want to miss, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio Magazine brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 1059 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my co-host Larry Simpson who knows so much about everything. I don't know how you do it. That beautiful brain of yours is full of great information when it comes to horse racing. Well, it's full of something, but <laughs> I, <laughs> Shall we talk? I hope it's information. Uh, well, I have to ask your wife. <laughs> Shall we talk about racing today at Gulfstream? It's a pretty important card today. Yeah, I think we've we've talked about this in the last, you know, couple of weeks that uh, you know, the real racing season pretty much starts today, you could say. You know, you've got uh, the first major stakes race with the uh, the Pegasus, the World Cup, uh, Pegasus World Cup. And then that, that just leads into uh, your, basically your derby prep races, uh, talking Gulfstream, you got the Fountain of Youth, and you got the uh, Florida Derby. And then, you know, pretty soon, it's going to be Kentucky Derby, the first Saturday in May, right? So uh, today is a pretty important day for horse racing moving forward because it's just, you know, the start of, I guess you could say, the real season. I love it. Yep. And and it's such a, this is going to be such a great year because we have COVID restrictions lifted. We have a great attitude when it comes to uh, getting together to watch spectacular horse racing and particularly at a venue like Gulfstream. Let's go there right now. We're going to Florida and we're joined by, this is somebody that I'm in awe of, the on-track handicapper and broadcaster Ron Nicoletti, Gulfstream. He joins us now on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thanks for having me. It's a real exciting day here for Pegasus World Cup. Uh, just one of the great days of racing throughout the world. So uh, can't wait to get started a little later today. Well, before we get into the Pegasus, Ron, let's talk a little bit about yourself. You've been on the show a few times. Uh, now you're, you're you're almost co-host, right? So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, let's talk about you first. Like, you obviously have that passion for horse racing and that. Where did that come from? Well, you know, it came from my family years ago that uh, my uncle, my father, we would all go to the racetrack. And then I had a cousin of mine who we ended up owning horses together and everything that, uh, you know, he just was about four years older than me. And he would pick me up when I was 16. If we go to the trotters at night, we'd go everywhere. It was just always a passion of mine. And Went a different way in my life, you know, went and got lucky. I had a bunch of clothing stores, got very successful, came to Florida and was not doing too much. And then someone offered me a job at Hialeah and then the rest, as they say, is history. So <laughs> always been handicapping since I'm a young pup, you know, so uh, I love it. And Ron, how did you end up at Gulfstream? Well, you know, there was a circuit of Gulfstream, uh, Calder and Hialeah. So when I got the job at Hialeah, you know, I basically was, you know, helping with the jazz concerts and stuff. And, you know, people saw that I can handicap. And, uh, you know, so it was the circuit of the three tracks. And finally, when Gulfstream became the only track running year-round, they were kind enough to offer me a full-time job. And I've basically been here full-time since the 90s. But I started in racing here in 1986. So somehow I've been able to last all this time. You know? So uh, it's been just a blast. I get to work with all these great people all the time, all my co-hosts, and uh, just a great time. You know, it, we couldn't, you couldn't have a better office than we have. We have a lot of fun, and you get a chance to uh, make some money sometimes. <laughs> and I guess you've seen a lot of changes with Gulfstream, right, since, since you got there, uh, you know, a few years back. 
Uh, talk about some of the big changes you've seen. Well, it's a whole different building. I mean, the old Gulfstream was absolutely spectacular, you know, and they uh, went with a new design here, you know, where they wanted to incorporate, which has been fun. They incorporated the village, you know, Gulfstream Village into racing. And I can't tell you how many times our stage is right by where the, the village starts. People come over and say, is there's horse racing here? And you would think that everybody in the world, you know, we would think that everybody in the world knows that there's racing at Gulfstream. So it worked in that way. But, uh, you know, really have a soft spot for the old Gulfstream Park, the old Hialeah, those two tracks, you know, the only place you could work and walk in and get goosebumps every day, you know. So this is more institutionalized, but it's a lot of fun. The racing is still fantastic, which is probably the most important part. And, you know, Ron, Gulfstream is known the world over. It has a stellar reputation. Why is it the best of the best? One ingredient that no one else has, and that's beautiful weather, turf course, you know, and you get the greatest jockeys in the world. And, and as you guys mentioned, you know, the, the triple crown season is going to start. You never know. You could come here on a Wednesday afternoon and see the Kentucky Derby winner, which has happened a lot of times here. So it's just the time of year, you know, where everybody is here on in. I think we have 800 simulcast locations throughout the world. And we joke because I'm like very big in Turkey. We do it as a joke, but they send me stuff from Turkey. I have no idea what they're saying, you know, tweets and everything like that. And it's the joke that we have. <laughs> so as far away as Turkey, uh, you know, people know us. So, yeah, it's just great racing. It's the per- perfect time of the year if you're a horse racing fan. You know, you never know. Just down the road, the Kentucky Derby one, it could be right here. Right. Okay, so today is a, you could say, a stellar card with all the stakes races. Uh, let, let's talk about today's card and and end up uh, with with the actual pegasus world cup yeah and we have some great races today just fantastic all through and you know uh old stakes pick six uh, rainbow pick six so just a, a great card and you know you can pick your spots whatever way you want to bet and what you want to bet can you give us a little history of the pegasus stakes for those who may just be hearing about it for you know the first time tell me its history well, it's gone through a lot of transitions. It originally started out where the owners of the horses had to pay to get into the race, and it was a million dollars to enter the race. So it would be 12 participants, and the purse was $12 million. It was successful the first year, and then the second year it went up to $16 million. But it went through all things because the uh, Saudis and other places had these races worth $12 million, so you sort of had to uh, you know, tune it in to fit in the schedule around the country. And right now it's worth $3 million. And, you know, you get its invitation. We get invited. We've seen some of the greatest horses in the world run in the final, you know, in the Pegasus World Cup. You can just go gun runner right down the line. You know, so uh, it's just in the perfect spot for what's going to happen with these older horses and younger horses when they go on for their, uh, you know, next uh, campaign. All right, let's put you on the spot, Ron. Mm-hmm. Let, let's get your handicapping hat on here. First off, let's talk about the Pegasus World Cup. And obviously there's a lot of talk about Cyberknife because uh, this is his last uh, start before he's retired to stud. Uh, let's talk about the Pegasus first. And then, you know, if there's any other tidbits for that uh, from your handicapping side that you can uh, maybe steer our listeners on to for some of the other stakes races. Well, you know, with this year's, uh, you know, edition of the Pegasus World Cup, uh, it's just a wide open race today. I, and that's what's a great betting race. And I went back and forth and I did end up with Cyberknives, who's a multiple grade one winner at the distance. He stretches out, looked good here. 
sneaky horse around is Skippy Longstockings, who you know comes <laughs> off an incredible performance. So I went with him, and then the defunded. Everybody's talking about you know Bob Baffert getting defund- defunded here today to run. So you know I went with those three horses in the race. But I think if you have a, an opinion in there when you're handicapping, it's just a wide open race. But you know he's gone around a long way. But the pick is definitely Cybernine for me. What about other races today, and what makes you lean toward, say, one horse over another? Well, I'm going to give you the horse I love the most on the card. It comes in the Pegasus Turf, and it's the Four Hurricane Dream. The French bred is a consistent group stakes performer in Europe, makes his North American debut for Grand Motion. And he's just, there's so much speed in this race. I think he's going to sit a perfect trip. The word is this horse has been working, you know, just fantastically. You're getting Frankie DeTore in the saddle. It's a little bit of a price. I love that horse. So I'm going with Hurricane Dreamer as my top pick on the card in, in the grade one Pegasus turf for that uh, $1 million. So when you're doing your, your handicapping, uh, Ron, do you have any favorite angles that you use or like, do you, t- do you look at track biases or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I try to make my own figures, uh, you know, if I can, but I, I just, you know, trip handicapping, you know, you, you watch these races all the time, and you just, uh, you know, see what you can figure out. And the more, and I always tell people, the more I put in, the more you get out of it. You mentioned a little bit earlier in the show that we may be seeing a future Kentucky Derby winner. What do you mean by that, and who have you got your eye on? Well, I haven't really, you know, they haven't really run the races yet where you could point them out. We have a couple of horses that have run well, but once you run like the Holy Bull and you start seeing these horses, you know, we had a couple of nice allowance winners already. And, and you know, it, start, it starts coming into focus, like like Larry said, right after the Pegasus when it comes into focus. So we'll start seeing, and, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll worry about who's uh, going to be the top one and uh, try and find that one that's just special. All right, so I need to ask you, Ron, if, you hadn't found your way to horse racing and, and especially Gulfstream now as a, a broadcaster and handicapper and that. What do you think you'd be working at now? <laughs> I wouldn't be working. I'd be riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm a... too old to be working. If I wasn't doing something like a kid in a candy store, I'd have been on my bike about 10 years ago, and I don't know where it'd end up, but I'd be somewhere. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I think that sounds great. So let me ask yeah. you, as a fellow broadcaster, uh, yeah. how did you move into that part of horse racing? Well, you know, it, just like, you know, I, 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 my co-host here, Samantha, is sitting next to me. Everybody makes fun how I type because I don't know how to type. I never type. <laughs> I own clothing stores. So I type with two fingers, and what I'm getting around to is they would say, Hey, can you write the analysis? Of course. And it would take me 22 hours to write it, but I never said no. And I said, hey, could you go on TV? Sure, I can. You know, my knees knocking when I did it. And it just, uh, I never said no to anything. You know, and I had lots of great people helping me along the way. So, you know, I can't, can't say that I did it all on my own. I had people that gave me shots early on and put up with my ridiculous stuff. And now, you know, I'm here. Now I'm the, now I'm the, uh, what they call the uh, legend. Any bloopers, by the way, that's something that Larry and I are quite experienced uh, about. Uh, I don't know if you're always live, but any bloopers that come to mind? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I got a bunch of, but my, uh, my whole thing is to make my co-host laugh, my co-host laugh, and, you know, I try and do that in different ways, and, uh, I always make the mistake of calling every holiday Halloween, you know, <laughs> by mistake. It comes into my head. It's my, my, it's just something that's in my brain. So last year I said to Acacia, my co-host, I said, I will not 
do it this time. I promise. I promise. And I really meant it. Came on the air. Hey, everybody was like, it's Valentine's. Happy Halloween, everybody. She <laughs> lost it. Take us off the air. We were laughing so hard. That's great. <laughs> Happy Halloween, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. When, when you were getting tuned into uh, horse racing and especially handicapping, Ron, was there a handicapper that maybe you watched and followed and you said, you know, this this person's got some great stuff. I, I, I kind of like what they're doing. Or, or did you just kind of uh, do a kind of like a fly-by-night exercise and create your own? No, you know, watching my, as I said, watching my Uncle Mike, my cousin Tom just doing it and coming here and uh, that gave me my big, big break, put me on the radio when I didn't even know what I was doing was Hank Goldberg. You know, so just, you know, got to sit next to the greatest handicappers in the world at Gulfstream every year and, and you know, at Hialeah. So I just, you know, you just grab from whatever you can, you know, and a guy, a friend of mine who passed years ago, Chuck Strever, his grandfather invented the figures that you see as buyers figures, you know, and they means King, King Wilson, his name was in Pittsburgh, and he taught me so much. So it just, just, you know, took everything as a sponge came up and I still pick only two winners. Ron, we could we could probably talk for hours about horse racing right through until Halloween. <laughs> but unfortunately, we got to let you go because you got to work the Pegasus card today. So thanks for doing this, and we'll get you back on soon. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Gulfstream on track handicapper and broadcaster Ron Nicoletti. That was just great. When we come back, Woodbine trainer Katarina Vasilieva joins us on Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, last Saturday was a big day for friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Katerina Vasilieva, who joins us today. Now, Katerina's Florida-bred Roaring Forties was victorious in last week's Sunshine Turf Stakes at Gulfstream. She, once again this year, has a small group of horses stabled during the winter months at Gulfstream Park. She joins us today from this side of the border. Katerina, welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Thank you very much for having me. Let's get right into it, uh, Katarina. Talk about last week's stakes race at Gulfstream. Uh, did you have a good feeling with Roaring Forties last week going into this stakes race? Yeah, you know, I did. He's always been sort of a hard-trying old veteran. You know, he tries hard every time. He shows up. Um, we've been running him in uh, graded stakes up in Canada, and even though he had never been stakes placed, he was always sort of on the fringes. He was only beat a few lengths here and there. Um, and I, and after the last race, uh, which was the Kennedy road, he had a really nice gallop out. And that's when the idea dawned on me that maybe I should stretch him out in distance a little bit. Um, we knew he liked the turf. I thought he'd get a little bit of class relief from running against Florida bread. And, you know, the plan worked out perfectly, thankfully, and he ended up winning the race. Why do you think he won the race? I think Sean Bridgemahan did a fantastic job, first of all, being able to relax him. Uh, he got on the lead and he was able to temper the fraction. Um, the horse was listening to him really well and settling settling into the pace. Um, and like I said, he's just a really, really hard-trying horse. He'll He'll give you his whole heart in every race and I think it was just it was just between the the tempering of the fractions to where they weren't too fast and and his determination and drive it was just enough to get the job done last Saturday. But he took a 90 buyer right when he won the race and and that was his what 24th career race would consider that maybe he's just a late bloomer he's starting to get a little bit better? I think he's, yes, he's definitely getting better with age. He's definitely not, doesn't seem to be regressing. Um, like I just keep saying, he's got a tremendous amount of heart and, and, and drive to him. The horse just, he seems to love what he does. And especially on the turf, he seems to excel on that surface. So it's it's great to see him doing well at, at seven years old. Yeah, I agree. You know, Katerina, you last year were on the Queen's Plate Trail with Ron Dewar. So what does it look like this year for the King's Plate? I've got actually a few hopefuls for this year's edition of the King's Plate. Uh, A few three-year-olds that have not started that I'm sort of excited about. So um, I'm hoping that we can get our name in the hat again this year. And what's the plans with Rondor? Rondor is in South Florida training. Uh, Hopefully we'll get a start into him at least once in South Florida, um, possibly in Keeneland. And then, of course, our, the, pri- the priority for us will be running him up in Canada. And let's talk about Gulfstream. You're not there just now, but you wish you were, I think, at this point. <laughs> Can you talk about the 2023 season? How many horses are at Gulfstream with you and when you are there? And what are your plans and theirs? Yeah, right now I'm just at home with my with my son. I've got a five-year-old son here in Canada, so uh, I take a couple of weeks out of every month to spend some time with him, and I split my time between the horses in Florida and up here with my son. 
I've only got a small number of horses down in Florida right now, eight horses. Uh, but I do plan to grow my barn significantly um, when I come back up north to Canada. I plan to have about 30 horses this year. Mm, wow. This week there was an announcement that uh, trainer Danny Vela had retired or made the decision to retire from training. Now, there's a, a, a bond between you and Danny Vela, correct? Yes, I'm I'm indebted to Mr. Vela because he recommended um, Borders Racing Stable, which are tremendous owners. Uh, they are the owners of both Ron Doer and Roaring Forties, who won last week, along with several other horses that we've had um, some success with. And if it wasn't for Mr. Vela, I would have never made that connection to um, Hazel Bennett and Harry Dobson, which are the the co-owners of Borders Racing. So I'm I'm greatly indebted to him for that, for giving that recommendation. Well, actually, uh, here's a newsflash. We're going to have Danny on the show next week to talk about his retirement and that. But uh, oh, being, on, being on the outside, uh, were you, you know, maybe surprised that he, he made this decision to retire? Um, a little bit. I, I mean, I think I saw it coming after last year. He was trying to trim down his stable size. So I knew it would probably be, uh, you know, a few more years uh, until he made that final decision. But I also knew it wouldn't be an easy decision because us trainers, we love what we do. Um, you know, we live and breathe and sleep it. <laughs> it's just in our blood. And I know I know it wasn't an easy decision for him to make. And um you know, he's going to miss it, I'm sure. So I'm, I'm sure it wasn't a decision he made lightly. He was obviously a great influence on everything that you did and do in your career. What's the one nugget of advice that he has given you along the way that you've always remembered and you stick with? I think just sort of to believe in myself and, and not give up and, and drown out the, sort of the extraneous noise because, you know, people are going to talk and, and sort of have their own opinions about how you do things or, or how you run your barn. And, and, you know, he just basically told me to believe myself and, and do the best I can do with, with each individual horse and, and not let the stress of every day sort of get to me. Here, here. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you want to become a trainer? I've always loved horses. Um, always as, as far as I can remember when I was a little girl and I didn't know anything about racing um, when I first came to the racetrack, I just knew that I wanted to be around horses. And after I started working at the racetrack, I sort of fall, fell in love with the, with the game of horse racing as well. So once I was in that world, I just wanted to soak up every, every little bit of it and, and learn sort of all aspects. And I spent time being a groom and a hot walker and an exercise rider and sort of, you know, delving into all of the various jobs around, around the racetrack. And at one point, it was like there was no other choice for me. This was this was it. Can you give us an idea of what a typical day is like for you when you are in training mode? The days start very early. So I typically <laughs> start, I uh, get up around 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'll be, uh, be at the barn around 4.30, 5 o'clock. So I'll typically check over every single horse. I'll look at their legs. I'll look at sort of their demeanor. Um, you know, just sort of overall health. Um, I will have a set list ready where each horse will, you know, what time each horse will go out and sort of what kind of training they'll perform. So we'll do that with every single horse. 
we'll put them back in the stalls, we'll feed them, I'll sort of, you know, run across the shed several hundred times checking on everybody. <laughs> um, and that's basically the morning routine. And then we get ready for the afternoon, whether that be racing or coming back to, to feed them or check on them at feed time. Getting back to your own uh, your your own career, uh, Katerina, like what was there besides? I guess Danny Vellet sort of was a mentor to you. Was there somebody else? Yeah, I'm very grateful for all of the people that I've had uh, you know the pleasure to work with in this industry. My very first boss um, at Woodbine was Michael Keogh, who's mm-hmm. also in the Hall of Fame, great right. trainer, also recently retired, and. Um, I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, I learned how to groom. I learned how to hot walk. Um, my next boss was Reed Baker, who's also in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I learned how to gallop with Mr. Baker. Um, next, I worked for Michael Pino, who gave me my first shot as an assistant trainer. And he gave me a lot of responsibility. So I was able to learn really quickly because I had I had so much responsibility and I just had to figure things out. So really, I'm grateful for everyone I've had the opportunity to work with over the years. Was there nobody else? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's a who's who, really. I'll say. Yeah. I I actually, I'm very privileged, too, because um, a lot of trainers uh, from the States, um, they've entrusted me with their horses since the pandemic. They would send um, horses to me for various stakes weekends, you know, when people weren't quite allowed to travel yet because of the pandemic, but they would send their horses. So I I had horses for Stephen Asmussen, Michael Matt. I had all sorts of really notable trainers that I was looking after their horses for. And, um, you know, that was invaluable experience, too, to sort of see how those guys did things and sort of their, their system, their feeding program, their protocols, that, that was also invaluable. And just the fact that those kinds of people entrusted me with their horses, that gave me so much confidence. What do you think sets you apart from other trainers? I mean, we're all basically trying to do the same thing and win races and, and take the best possible care of our horses. But, but I always like to take an individual approach with, with each and every single one of my horses. I like to devise a, uh, an individual program for each one, an individual, in, an individual feed, um, sort of figure out what makes each horse tick and what would make them happiest, um, you know, most proficient at running. Uh, it, I sort of think of each one as, as a puzzle piece and, and, you know, figuring out the different pieces of the puzzle to make each one the most successful it can be. Is it fair to say that you are part of a new generation of trainers? I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I plan to be doing this for a long time. Like I said, in, in the back of my mind, there isn't any other choice for me. This is what I love. This is what I um, never get tired of doing or learning about. So I, I definitely plan to, to be a mainstay in the industry. So going forward, uh, Katerina, uh, Woodbine opens in, in April. What's your plans for Woodbine and, and your goals for the upcoming season? Well, we're going to wrap up um, everything in South Florida about the end of March. I plan to already have some horses going at Woodbine uh, by that time. Um, you know, every year what I'm looking for, basically, I would just love to have consistency in my statistics. 
um, you know, I'd, I'd love to win some, hopefully some stakes races. We were fortunate enough to win two last year, included my, including my first graded stakes, uh, victory. So I'd love to just continue on that trend, you know? Katerina, thanks for doing this and, uh, good luck, uh, good luck in Florida and good luck, uh, this coming year at, uh, at Woodbine and many winners. And enjoy time Thank with you. your enjoy time with your five year old son right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Katerina. After the break, when we come back, Lymphoma Canada's Sarah Elzinga joins us on Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the Radio Magazine. Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the Radio Magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at one zero five nine theregioncom Live in Ontario. Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, we are in the home stretch for this year's online silent auction to support Lymphoma Canada and to talk more about the auction and the very good work being done to help find a cure for lymphoma is Sarah Izinga, Lymphoma Canada's Manager of Patient Programs, Research and Advocacy. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you, Sarah. Let's uh, talk first about uh, what's the overall mission of uh, Lymphoma Canada? Yeah, so our mission is to empower patients um, in the lymphoma community through education, support, advocacy, and research. Um, so overall, we collaborate with certain healthcare professionals and other organizations um, to try to promote early detection, uh, support access to current and novel lymphoma therapies, um, but overall advocate just for the best quality of life for lymphoma patients during their diagnosis and treatment plan. So you go above and beyond what the physician, the the doctor, is doing in terms of helping and treating and educating the patient. Is that correct? Yeah. So we try to get in the, um, we collaborate with doctors, um, but we also collaborate with nurses and other healthcare professionals um, just to further support patients. Um, to understand their treatment options, because sometimes doctors won't have enough time um, or don't know 
all of the um, treatment options that are available for a specific lymphoma subtype. So we're just an additional resource um, that patients can contact us through email um, or through the, our phone number um, in order to get more support, um, whether it's regard to education or looking for specific mental health resources. We've talked on, on past shows about lymphoma, and it's a very complicated disease. Uh, how many subtypes of lymphoma are there? Yeah, so there's about over 80 um, right now, and with every year, there's more subtypes being known, especially with the advancement of technology um, and science in this day and age. Um, but yeah, each lymphoma subtype has its own treatment option, um, ways to diagnose, um, and just overall progression of the disease as well. Um, but yeah, there's over about 80 of them. Wow. <laughs> and you know, you offer, as you mentioned, patient support and education, research advocacy. Is there anything in your stable of information and, and support that helps with the prevention of lymphoma? Is there any way to prevent the onset of lymphoma? Well, there's a lot of ways that we can think that lymphoma um, comes up in certain patients. Honestly, most of the time that people who have lymphoma are very healthy and live very active lives um, in, in terms of what they eat and what they do. So there's not really a known cause of lymphoma right now. Um, but for prevention, it definitely is getting your blood tests, um, your blood tests regularly each year. If you have a, a family member that's had um, some sort of lymphoma in the past, it's good to let you know, let um, your healthcare practitioner know so that the way they can do these routine regular blood tests um, and a few other diagnostic markers um, and maybe possibly scans if something comes up in your medical history. So has it been proven, Sarah, that um, lymphoma is hereditary? Some, it's an increase of risk for lymphoma for certain, um, but it's not, hasn't been proven that if you have a family member that's had lymphoma that you're going to get that specific lymphoma subtype. No. And what about gender, uh, uh, nationality? Is there anything that sort of puts you one way or the other in terms of seeing some consistency when it comes to the, to the, the history of an individual? Yeah. Um, so there's definitely different factors like comorbidities or like other illnesses that you possibly have um, in your medical history that can contribute to the severity of the lymphoma that you have or how the lymphoma develops. Um, there's different lymphoma subtypes that are specifically in the adolescents and young adult population. Um, but then there's some lymphoma subtypes that are of the older age, 70 years or older, that they usually happen in. Um, so it is wide ranging. And I don't think that it, um, there's differences between males and females, um, just because, again, there is so many different um, subtypes of lymphoma that can affect um, so many different age groups and graphic demographics. All right, let's talk about our, our silent auction, our online silent auction, uh, Sarah. And, yeah. you know, uh, obviously it's important. Initiatives like this are important to Lymphoma Canada. Maybe for our listeners, you can explain the, the money that's raised through our silent auction and also our year-round uh, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma Charity. Where does that money go yeah. to and what's it used for? 
Yeah, so that money gets used for to support all of our four mission, our mission, um, and all of those four pillars that I talked about: education, support, advocacy, and research. Um, for specifically research, we give out two research grants a year um, to support practice-changing studies um, to ultimately increase the positive outcomes for Canadian lymphoma patients. So a lot of the donations from our um, that we get as an organization goes towards that, um, but it also goes goes towards developing patient um, resources like the educational ones that we have on our website um, to develop both uh, resources in French and English um, so we can give support that way. And they also go towards some of our ad- advocacy campaigns to fight and advocate for t- timely and equitable access to novel lymphoma therapies because in Canada, unfortunately, each province um, has its own um, regulatory funding. So a patient in BC might not have the same treatment options as a patient in Ontario. I'm going to turn the tables on the two of you, if you don't mind. I want to ask Larry your journey with Lymphoma Canada, your your journey with lymphoma, but why did you reach out to Lymphoma Canada, to, to people like Sarah, and what did they provide for you? Um, I, I guess originally mine was, uh, I reached out to Lymphoma Canada because I had been diagnosed, and I went online and saw the Lymphoma Canada website, and I reached out to them, and there was, you know, a lot of basically research and manuals and, and, and stuff that you could you know, get get really involved in. And then I thought, you know, let's do something positive. And we started up the Don Horse Realm with Lymphoma uh, charity that's ongoing every year. And we tied it in with the, this radio show and our magazine, and that was a way of promoting it. And then we went one step further to do the silent auction, which we ran for the first time last year. So I think it was a thing of giving back. And, and making a taking a negative like lymphoma and turning it into a positive. Did the people at Lymphoma Canada, like Sarah, help you understand what it is that you were going to be battling? Yes, they did. Yeah, there was there was lots of literature, and uh, you know, I, I I got to know two or three of the uh, uh, employees, and um, you know, through what we were doing with the two uh, charity initiatives, and uh, yeah, for anybody out there that thinks they have it uh, or do have it, uh, you know, I'd be reaching out to Lymphoma Canada because there's plenty of research and, and, and help there for you. So. And Sarah, tough question, but I'm going to ask it. Is there a cure for lymphoma? Is lymphoma curable? There are some forms of lymphoma that are curable um, in the sense that you have an extended remission time, which means that you don't see the disease, um, any symptoms or any presence of it over a given period of time. Not every um, lymphoma subtype is curable, but I would say that you can live with it without having any symptoms. Um, So some of the goals of especially some of the slow-growing lymphomas is just to live with it so it doesn't bother you and doesn't impact your everyday life. Okay. Well, our listeners have heard how I got involved with Lymphoma Canada. (laughs) Let's find out how did you get involved with uh, Lymphoma Canada and when did you get involved? Yeah, so I started in the position um, as the manager of patient programs, research, and advocacy in September. So I've been on the job for about four or five months now. 
And it's just been absolutely great um, to connect with lymphoma patients and to hear their stories, um, but also really coming from a scientific background. Um, my master's was in chemical biology. Um, so I really enjoy bridging the two together to seeing how patient input really impacts um, a lot of the advocacy and education efforts that we do, um, but also really trying to ex help explain um, some of the complex research that is out there um, in clinical terms to patients that don't have a scientific background. So it's been great for the past four and five months. And do you support the families as well and help them understand what they need to know? Yes, we definitely do. Um, again, caregivers can reach out to us um, through our email or through the phone. Um, and we actually have a peer support mentorship program for both patients and their care caregivers. Um, so you, if you or a loved one, um, your caregiver of lymphoma, um, can reach out to us and say, oh, do you have a mentor that um, has a specific lymphoma subtype and you're able to fill out an application? You can be matched with someone who has experienced lymphoma or a caregiver of someone who's taking care of someone with lymphoma. Um, and yeah, that's just one of the ways that we do it. Another way um, is that we have a national conference every year for patients and their caregivers. Um, so in certain webinars, we'll have specifically webinars in that conference um, that are designated for caregivers because we recognize that caregivers also have a huge burden of taking care of someone with lymphoma and they deserve support too. And you deserve support. So Larry and Sarah, we're in the home stretch when it comes to the silent auction. Can you each and both tell us what items are up for grabs? Well, I can start and, uh, and maybe, you know, Sarah can kind of just kind of fill in, you know, what, uh, you know, what's the, you know, the uh, reasoning behind and, and, you know, the popularity behind these events. We've talked about some of the items uh, for the silent auction, especially, which I think is great, the two dinner packages supplied by Woodbine. And, uh, you know, it's a Stella Artois Terrace or the Woodbine Club, two, you know, premier, premier uh, dining establishments, you could say. But I think, and maybe Sarah can chime in on this. They actually serve two purposes. One, they're supporting life, uh, Lymphoma Canada, and they're also a fun way to enjoy the day at the races, correct, for somebody, you know, on the outside? Yeah, yeah. I think they support it both ways. Um, really, this is to raise funds for research, um, but also just in general, a lymphoma awareness to make sure that people know about lymphoma that it can happen um, and to have a designated point of contact for when it does happen. So I really think that this auction is really great at raising funds for lymphoma research and some of our mission statements, but in general, just um, lymphoma awareness within the community. Sarah, where can people go to be a part of the silent auction, also to find out more information and be supportive, but also ask for support? Yeah, um, so we have links to the silent auction on our website, um, lymphoma.ca. Uh, I'm sure Larry has a few links on his website as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you, we have promoted um, the auction on our social media pages. Um, usually we're at Lymphoma Canada. Um, you can look it up through Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, we're all on there and you're able to find out our information about both the auction and what we do as an organization. Sarah, thanks for doing this, and uh, keep up the good work there. 
No problem, Larry. Thank you so much for our support. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And after the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app, the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as our Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing Larry. Thanks, Anne. Let's start uh, at Santa Anita. They have a nine-race card today, and race nine is an allowance event for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and up, for a purse of uh, $72,000, and it's at one mile on the turf course. A lucky 13 have been entered right now, and I'm looking at a horse in here to pull the upset today, and that would be number five, Anna Glassa, an Irish-bred mare who last raced on October 28th at Santa Anita, and in that race, Anna Glassa attempted to go wire to wire and tired in the stretch to finish sixth, but that was actually her first start since uh, last March. So uh, Anna Glassa's last race in October saw the mare race quite rank as well, and she was bothered at the start, but if anything, that last race probably put some needed fitness into this horse. <laughs> uh, since December 19th, trainer Phil D'Amato has worked uh, this mare five times, four at five furlongs, which we like, and once at four, and actually, the last work at five furlongs was a nice 101 and one handily. So that's a very good workout for this mare. Uh, trainer D'Amato is also 24% with horses off 61 to 180 days. 
and Anna Glassa is no stranger to winning off a layoff, doing so when she was off from October 2021 to January 2022, and she was a wire-to-wire winner then. So Santa Anita, race nine, number five, Anna Glissa. Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 12 race card tonight, and uh, actually race 12 is a mandatory payout for the jackpot high five, and it's a 20-cent minimum bet, and it's a uh, there's uh, some large money that's going to uh, change hands there. So you should have a look at uh, race 12 and just pick some numbers. Pick five in a row and uh, you might get lucky. So, uh, But I'm going to go to race three for our ponies pick. It's a one-mile pace for a purse of $17,000, and it's for uh, five-year-olds and younger, and they've none winners of one race. So uh, number five actually makes his second lifetime start. and uh, Actually, his start last week was a good one considering he didn't get any respect on the uh, board when he closed at 38 to 1. Um, Royal JK is the horse in question that we're talking about. And in this last race, Royal JK took the lead first up on the outside, but wasn't able to clear and faded to six, which is expected because this was his first lifetime start. Probably need a little bit of fitness in that. Uh, but he was actually timed in 157 and 1, so he took almost two seconds off his qualifier, which he did on January the 14th. Uh, if anything, Royal J.K. will be better for that experience uh, gained last week. And I also like the fact that trainer Rod Boyd, Boyd has selected Doug McNair to drive this guy tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race three, number five, Royal J.K. Well, as we've mentioned earlier, Gulfstream Park is where all the eyes are today, culminating with the running of the $3 million grade one Pegasus World Cup, which is race 13 on the card. It's a stakes-filled card today, and we're going to talk about the Pegasus in a minute, but race 11 at Gulfstream is the $500,000 Pegasus World Cup Philly Amer Turf Invitational for four-year-olds and upward, mile and the 16th on the turf. There's a good field of nine uh, entered, and number two, Delica, is a winner of 10 of 31 races lifetime, is three for 10 at today's distance, and is a mare that needs the lead to have any significant impact on the race. This is exactly what uh, happened in her last race in November, the Grade 3 Cardinal Stakes at Churchill Downs. Delica went right to the front, and jockey Brian Hernandez was able to nurse her speed, and she went wire to wire to post a handy win. Again today, Delica looks on paper to be the controlling speed, and of interest, the last time that Delica was in a Grade 1 event like today's, she was able to win in wire to wire fashion when she won the Beverly D Stakes again at Churchill Downs. I'm going to take a chance that Brian Hernandez can nurse Delica's speed today and hold on for that victory. So Gulfstream Race 11, number two, Delica. Which now brings us to the Pegasus World Cup. $3 million, and I like a horse by the name of Cyberknife. Cyberknife is actually making his last start, and then he's going to Spendthrift Farm to be a daddy. So uh, I like the fact that I like the combination of Flo Giroux and Brad Cox. And this horse has actually been trained up for this race. This is what they had their sights set on. He's got post 10. Might be a little difficult, but I know Flo Giroux, he, he'll be able to reel a trip out of him. So I'm going with uh, Cyberknife in the Pegasus World Cup. Larry, you have outdone yourself, as always. What a pleasure working with you and a great show. See you next week. 
And I just want to give a quick shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And goodbye. And thank you for listening and joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, and donate to the cause. Remember our online silent auction of sports and horse racing memorabilia and some pretty nifty guest experiences ends on January 31st. Once again, go to Lymphoma Canada's website where you will see items displayed, and don't forget to keep visiting the site to check whether your bid is still alive. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.